Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. All right, Seattle, hello. Good evening, Seattle, Puget Sound, and all over the world. Welcome to Happy Hour Radio. Happy September, everybody. It's great that you're joining me. Right here, 6 o'clock every Saturday night on 570 KVI. Um, hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. I know I did. And hope you enjoyed that last show we did. Uh, the Chowder and Whiskey Fest takes place in February. So if you haven't listened to that show, it's uh, it's really kind of fun. A uh, bunch of great chefs and great distilleries. And uh, it's all on our website, happyhourradio.net. You can uh, download one of uh, 130-plus shows. Uh, edu- educate yourself and uh, have a good time. Put it on I. I like to do my ironing or uh, I listen to myself. <laughs> I listen to myself in my head all day, all all, all the time. And um, if you uh, are out there, share, turn some friends on to our show. It's happyourradio.net. Uh, get them on. And uh, if you ever want to talk to me personally, send me an email because that's just like talking these days. And uh, I'll answer your questions. It's at, uh, at uh, ask at happyhourradio.net. Um, we got a great show for you today, and I'm excited to be back in the studio. It's uh, September, and um, it uh, football season is upon us, and so is... Uh, I've seen the Halloween candy displays in the stores. Um, gosh, uh, I saw a big coffin with uh, Count Chocula in there. I thought that was a little morbid or something, but uh, I do love Halloween, and uh, when we think about Halloween, we're thinking about jack-o'-lanterns and pumpkins, and I'm really pleased to, to have back Dave Bueller, who is uh, one of the founders of Elysium Brewing, and we're going to try their new fall releases of uh, some fantastic beers. We've got uh, four beers, the Night Owl, Great Pumpkin, Dark O' the Moon, and Punkachino. And uh, Dave's going to be here in studio pouring some suds and uh, talking all about uh, how we make these great beers. And when it comes to great things in life, um, dining out is one of my favorite things to do. Um, you know, it's all about being taken care of. And uh, a couple years ago, I was uh, I won the Hospitality Award by Canlis. Canlis gives out a, an award, and uh, they recognize a, a professional in the industry. Um, and I was honored to receive that award uh, as a uh, hospitality professional. And hospitality really is the, uh, the key term here. My folks are doctors, and they work in hospitals. But when we talk about the hospitality, industry, we're talking about basically restaurants and and food and beverage service, and of course hotels and things like that. Um, And I have an amazing individual here. He's he's relocated to Seattle. Um, He is a 37-year hospitality professional. He's been a restaurant owner. Um, He's traveled the world. He's lived in some amazing places. And now he's running a really cool operation um, here in uh, the Puget Sound metropolitan area. Uh, I want to welcome Steve Seddon to Happy Hour. Hey, pal. Welcome to Happy Hour Radio. Hello, Chris. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. Um, so I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm not going to tell everybody where you work yet because I really want to learn more about your take on what it's what hospitality is. Um, so uh, tell us about you got 37 years in the business. How did you get into food and food and wine or food and beer, or food and spirits? I think it was born and bred. Uh, it's part of my DNA. You mean actually like rolls and loaves? Um, no, born it's, a, more, it's more like a, a, a culture or a starter, if All you right. will. Uh, hospitality is part of who I am. 
It's uh, what I've been doing for a greater part of my life. I started out as a young teenager at a five-star resort, and I learned right away that we're in the food and beverage business. We sell great food. We deliver great hospitality. We serve great beverages, but the food and beverage is a delivery vehicle for what we really sell. We're in the hospitality business, and that's what we provide. It's great. You can go out and have many choices for a great meal, great glass of wine, but hospitality is really what sets the pros apart from the and that's what really makes the great time, right? It's all about the ambiance, the environment, when, when you're enjoying a great steak. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's connecting. Yeah, it's not just the food. It's no. about everything else, the service, the smiles, the, the just the little details that make hospitality a rewarding, fulfilling experience because basically you're taking care of somebody. Oh, definitely. And you're making a connection. Uh, you're finding some common ground with people from different cultures, different parts of the world, different age groups. Uh, one thing that we all share when we're in this business, and you know, I'm sure you can attest to this, Christopher, is it doesn't matter you know, where you're from or what you do. Everybody likes to feel special and important, and I think that's the essence of hospitality for me. Right. Is, you know, what, what, do you, what, what is hospitality to you? Hospitality is you know, delivering the goods and making sure that we make those folks feel special and important because they are. They're our guests, and it's just like having a guest in your house. And at my business, we treat everybody like they're a guest in our home. And I had the pleasure of joining you for uh, some of that hospitality at uh, your place of business, and I was I was quite impressed. And um, it, it takes time to sort of warm up to um, to an environment, and especially when you are as uh, you know critical and uh, savvy as I am about these things. I have to go in with an open mind, and I I have to admit that. Uh, talking to you at the restaurant um, and sampling the food with you and meeting the executive chef was a very fulfilling experience because real people are behind uh, the menu and the preparation and they, they were passionate. And Miguel was really, he looked me in the eye, he shook my hand and he, he was like the man behind it. And like, that's ownership and that's really a positive thing. Now, Miguel's an awesome person. He's been with our company for going on 16 years now. He's a passionate individual. He's committed to inspiring others and bringing, you know, creativity uh, to every meal. And I'm glad you picked up on that. And, you know, we ate some of his uh, passion the other yeah. day. It was, it was awesome. I love it. So you talked about you've uh, been uh, traveling the world or you've, you've been around the world. Tell us about some of your international exploits. Well, I don't want to go back too far. Uh, when I was uh, just getting out of high school, I uh, had a friend of mine uh, get a scholarship to the Sorbonne in Paris. So I had the opportunity to, you know, go to Paris and then did the youth hostel and backpacking thing and started up north. And I ended up in uh, Napoli. And uh, it's a gritty, beautiful, wonderful city. I loved it. Got my first taste of uh, Vera Pizza Napolitana and got the bug and started making pizzas and I've been making pizzas with that kind of uh, 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 passion that the Napolitanas have uh, since 1986. I got married uh, 18 and a half years ago and I moved to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. So I was living in, I'm originally from Southern California, I'm a California boy, and uh, we lived in Coeur d'Alene, I lived in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho at the time, met my fabulous wife and I decided, well, why don't I go somewhere? Why don't I 
go somewhere where I've never been before. So I loaded up the truck and drove to Kuala Lumpur. Drove to Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And uh, it was uh, indeed a culture shock. Uh, one of my first memories of being in uh, KL was my mother-in-law uh, went to the store and got me a jar of peanut butter, a loaf of white bread, and a jar of Smucker's Jam to help ease my transition. And uh, we lived in uh, an area that was between uh, Kuala Lumpur and Batalang Jaya. There's about 13 million people in that metropolitan area. Kuala Lumpur has been colonized by the Dutch, the Portuguese, the British. It's been occupied by the Japanese. So it's a very eclectic blend of cultures, and the British influence still exists. They drive on the wrong side of the road. All Malaysian signs are in English and Malay. They're quite proper, are they? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all the hotels have high tea. Uh, it's, it, it, it's really wonderful, and you have uh, three different races you have your Malays, which are originally uh, Indonesian immigrants. You've got Chinese from Canton, where mm-hmm. we have family. Uh, Hong Kong, uh, right? Hong yeah. Kong. And uh, Indians from southern India, like Goa and Bangalore. And these three distinct cultures all share a common language, which is English. And in Malaysia, uh, I wouldn't say, hey, how, how are you today, Christopher? I'd say, hey, Chris, have you had dinner? And if you said no, I'd take you out. So food and hospitality is a big part of Malaysian culture. Mm -hmm. And every uh, region has their own food and their own ingredients. There's like 14 different curries in Malaysia. It's a peninsular country, so seafood is really prominent. And because Kuala Lumpur is the federal capital of a really rapidly developing emerging economy, you've got a lot of embassies and great foreign restaurants. And so for a foodie, I loved it. I really loved it down there. Yeah, capital city in a, in a country that uh, is important to uh, uh, the world, of course, Asia. And obviously having all that history of the Dutch and the English and the Portuguese, um, it's, people are used to traveling there as far as when, uh, on official business from other countries. Uh, you, uh, did you own a restaurant? Did you work in a restaurant in, in KL? And did, did you move on to Hong Kong? And where was your next exploit? In Kuala Lumpur, I actually was a copywriter and marketing consultant. And through contacts, you know, business contacts in our business. We did event management and a lot of shows and print advertising. And we specialized in uh, um, highly technical, like pharmaceuticals, engineering, uh, things of that nature. I had a couple friends and we were partners in an Indian restaurant that was a banana leaf restaurant where everything served on a banana leaf. You wash your hands and eat with a banana leaf. And then we had a little spa restaurant where we did uh, a lot of uh, you know raw foods and juices and hmm. it was really light and we hired people to do that because I was busy running my ad agency and my marketing consultancy but it's very hard when you're in this business you always have to have your fingers in the pie of course you always have to have your foot in the water and you jones for it <laughs> and I was jonesing after for about a year and so I had to get back into it and at, at that level it was it was awesome all right, speaking with Steve Seddon, who is a hospitality professional of 37 years, uh, a Southern California kid, uh, spent some time in Idaho, of course, uh, Kuala Lumpur. Did you have restaurants uh, in Asia, or what What other, what was your hospitality experience outside of KL? Always been a people person, Chris. Yeah. So whether you're delivering great hospitality through food and beverage, or you're 
interacting at a meaningful and relevant le- level with a, a client and helping move their business forward. have that f- point of view or frame of mind of a hospitality professional. And back to your point, it's sometimes, you know, you're you're in the restaurant business, but when you're not, you know, day-to-day operating a restaurant, you always have that training in the back of your head. And, and it's always... You know, I'm a hospitality person, and I make people happy. And (laughs) you do with that frame of mind. Thank you. With that frame of mind, you know, I was able to, you know, be successful in business in a country that I wasn't born in, and it was awesome. That's great. And uh, just like my experience, the Rainer Club, taking care of people as a private club, you have to go uh, above and beyond the usual expectation of hospitality. And so I took great pride in that. And um, it's great to make people feel good. You makes you smile as well. Did uh, You came back to Washington State or back to the States. You moved to Spokane. You said you had a couple of restaurants, right? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, we moved from Kuala Lumpur to London. Uh, my wife and I lived in uh, Canary Wharf in East London. I really loved it there. And we decided to start a family, and that's when we moved back to the United States. Uh, my parents were in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, so Spokane was a good fit for us. And I really wanted to bring something to my hometown in that area that hadn't been done before. And I wanted to do something that was honest and genuine, something that I'm passionate about from the heart. So after doing my due diligence, I discuss with my wife and my business partner. We uh, work together and we live together and we're still married. Uh, <laughs> little joke there, honey. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And we decided to do a rustic regional authentic Italian restaurant heavy reliance on key ingredients. Uh, I'm not Italian, neither is my wife. I used to make jokes. Uh, the only thing that's uh, not Italian about our restaurant is my Chinese wife and I, because us <laughs> non-Italians who don't Italian places, uh, we overcompensate. Well, I always thought Italy owed, owed some great uh, uh, respect to China for actually uh, inventing the noodle, right? The chef that <laughs> I trained with in the 80s, Chef Piero Biondi, said, and I, I quote him, and please don't quote me on this, that the uh, the Chinese taught the Italians, the Italians taught the French, and then it kind of trickled downhill after that. That's it. And as, you know, a Dutch-Chinese person, I think you can relate. I can. And uh, speaking with Steve Seddon here in Happy Hour Radio, talking about the world of hospitality. When we come back from this break, we're going to chat more with my pal Steve Seddon, and we'll get into some Elysium beers coming up on Happy Hour Radio. A Northwest original, Lars Larson, live weekdays noon to 3, Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, all right, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round two. Hope you got something great in your glass. And uh, I'm looking at four beautiful bottles of Elysian Fall beer, they're uh, Harvest Ales and Pumpkin Beers, and we're going to chat more. We're going to introduce Dave Bueller, one of the founders of Elysian, when we get uh, into our Thirsty segment. But right now, I'm, I'm talking hospitality with my pal Steve Seddon, who is um, a 37-year veteran in the food and beverage world, and we'll just call it hospitality. And we were talking about his exploits, uh, being a Southern California guy, moved to Kuala Lumpur, got married, um, had a diverse culture and experience there, went to London, and then you had a restaurant in Spokane, which was Italian 
focused. And uh, now you're running an operation here. Um, it's actually in Bellevue, which is really exciting because uh, my first time to go over there. I'm a West Seattle kid, so it's uh, going over a couple bridges. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if I had to bring my passport. So, Steve, um, we had a great meal. We had a great conversation. Uh, let's talk about some of the food we had that night. Uh, we had four main entrees. But first of all, we had a couple great uh, appetizers. One was this buffalo cauliflower. You love that. I did. That floated your boat. I it really tell. did. And, you know, it's odd because you think, you know, how does that work? First of all, tell us the preparation of that. We take fabulous cauliflower. Uh, we use just-in-time. Every Our produce gets there every day. Uh, local, organic, where possible. We take our wonderful cauliflower and we uh, bread it. Well, first we blanch it. Get, yeah, we give it a little bath and some buttermilk. Ooh. And then we use uh, a real super fine flour and we fry it briefly for 90 seconds in 375 degree oil so it's nice and crispy and not greasy. Mm -hmm. And then we make this proprietary sauce and I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for divulging this but <laughs> rumor has it that we've got some fresh squeezed lime juice a little soy for some umami oh, yeah. and sriracha. And we toss those fabulous delicious nuggets of cauliflower love and that proprietary sauce. And then we make our own ranch dressing that's just wonderful and delicious and we have a plate that's rectangular and we put the ranch dressing down we put our buffalo cauliflower bites we top it with gorgonzola and some slivered scallions and you and i thought it was chicken yeah and it was awesome yeah it was really really and then we tried well uh one of our um seasonal flatbreads this buffalo cauliflower dish is uh, we're coming into a seasonal rollout uh starting next week as a matter of fact and we had the bacon and brussels sprouts flatbread with yeah. uh Goat cheese. It was, uh, that was delicious too. Uh, cream it had on the it. freshness with the Brussels sprouts. It gave it some some crisp, some uh, some texture. Of course, the uh, the flat the flatbread was nice and crispy and um, well put together. We obviously we couldn't eat it all, which was good because we had four main courses, four entrees. We had we, we had to try them all. We did. Um, we've been stretching the boundaries uh, at the wonderful restaurant that I work at. And we've been adding some main plates. And for our next chapter, uh, we added uh, four new main items. We uh, had a halibut dish, which is great because uh, we love halibut here in the Pacific Northwest. Yes, we do. You did a mini uh, cedar plank salmon dish, which was blew me away because the, that cedar plank was just the size of a uh, an index card. Mm -hmm. And you had a nice piece of salmon right on top of that. Oh, beautiful. It was so fly. moist. Yeah. And the accompaniments, too, were also great. We had some farro, I think uh, it was. The, the Aleutian wild-caught halibut. Uh, we served that with a roasted butternut squash and farro. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a great accompaniment to that, that to speaks of fall too and uh, just simply seasoned with a little salt and pepper uh, we fire that in our wood fired oven in Bellevue uh, on a cedar plank as well we don't serve it on the cedar plank and then the wonderful salmon that we had is served with a roasted corn succotash oh, right. sautéed spinach and red peppers and that was just spot on and then since we ate from the land and the sea and <laughs> chickens a flightless bird so we didn't eat from the air we had that fabulous fire grilled ribeye right our ribeyes are hand, hand cut, cut fresh every week uh we make a fabulous house-made pinot noir sea salt that involves pinot noir sea salt and thyme i can't tell you how we do that either chris <laughs> but you really liked it i'm a smart guy i we know what's going really on really fabulous blue cheese uh uh, it's a gorgonzola butter that we uh, top our steak with, some 
really nice roasted fingerling potatoes. Right. And then just for a little balance, we've got some organic baby arugula and a lemon citrus vinaigrette. And it just really pops. It did. And that and was a winner. I was impressed. But uh, the one that really, you know, from reading your nonverbal communication, you really like the roasted garlic chicken and veg. <sighs> on I the did. Roasted I'm a garlic fan, but also chicken, when it's when you have that crispy skin and it's oh, moist yeah. on the inside, that is, that's the perfect pairing for so many wines. I uh-huh. was like, wow, this is great. I can drink anything with this dish because it's just perfect. That was that was awesome with the roasted garlic sauce. And yeah. We do a and couple I love garlic. Uh, treatments to that. Now we're... Uh, Serving it on roasted cauliflower, fingerling potatoes, and these lovely seasonal heirloom carrots. And we're going to switch, change seasons, and swap those carrots out for some really lovely uh, Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something tasty. Yeah. Well, um, you know, our, our guests, our listeners might not know this, but uh, you guys also do some fantastic hand tossed pizzas. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, 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 you know, in fact, Chris, uh, pizza is our middle name. And one of the transformations that has happened to our business over the last four years, fixing the fundamentals, getting back to basics is really, you know, we have unique flavor profiles where I work and pizza is a great way to showcase some of those great flavor profiles. One thing that we didn't try because we tried four main dishes, uh, flatbread and buffalo cauliflower was our carne asada pizza. And that is just fabulous with the little lime crema, and we've got a wow. Uh, we've got a, a, a tomatilla salsa that we can serve with that as well, and uh, that's going to be for uh, next time. All right. Well, I love it. Um, it's been a fantastic experience, and I tell you, you I've been an iconic restaurant for so many years that it's easy for us to overlook it. And I say this with wine as well. You've seen that wine brand on the shelf for so long. You're like, yeah, I had that years ago. I'm not interested. But the reality is that you've been doing it so long. You're an expert, and the and the food you've produced here, especially with the chicken and the and the ribeye and the halibut and the salmon, those definitely elevated the whole idea of dining. And you being a hospitality professional, I think it's time to let everybody know that, hey, um, if you haven't tried California Pizza Kitchen yet, uh, you're, it's it's a brand new game. I know it's been out there 20 years, but you have professionals like Steve Seddon here, 37 years in the biz. He's passionate about it. You have Miguel, who's an executive chef, who's 16 years with the company. Talk about consistency. Um those those terms those those years of of service are typically reserved for world class restaurants. But what I'm saying is, as a hospitality professional, you have to take care of your employees just like you take care of your guests. Because if you don't, there can you will never be as consistent. You'll never be great. But I have to say, I was impressed. I enjoyed the food, and I really enjoyed meeting you, Steve. Yeah, Christopher, right back at you. Uh, we had a great time in that space. It was a beautiful evening, and the folks that served us that night and, and made our food and that we hung out with while we were hanging out together are hospitality professionals as well. Yeah. And they're passionate individuals and they're committed to inspiring others and having people try things. We've got a a, a menu adventure guarantee. So if you come in there and you think you're <laughs> going to have a pizza and I say, hey, this ribeye is really something else, you know, we, we encourage people to try it. If for some strange reason that didn't float your boat, well, we get you the carne asada pizza. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm my staff's humble servant leader. I'm there for them. I'm there to close that gap between the front of the house and the back of the right. house and give those folks in that restaurant everything that they need. And I think you experienced that a little bit. I did. All right. Uh, open seven days a week? Absolutely. Lunch, dinner, and late night? Uh, lunch, dinner. We're open till 11 on Friday and Saturdays, downtown Bellevue, and uh, 10 p.m. Sunday through Thursday. We open daily at 11. All right. Get on down there, folks. If you haven't tried it, really, it's uh, it's 
It's good food. It's great service, and it's a it's a good feeling overall. Steve, thanks so much for joining me. Well, stick around because we're going to introduce Dave Bueller, uh, one of the founders of Elysium Brewing. Hey, Dave, welcome back to Happy Hour. Hi, Christopher. Thanks for having me back. So last time we chatted, which was a fantastic experience, we tried um, some cool beers. They're most mostly hop. Uh, you had the little green dude on there. What's that one? We, we had Space Dust IPA. <laughs> Space Dust, yes, exactly. And uh, you you now are into the fall season, of course, September, and it's all about the pumpkin. Yeah, you said it. Football is in the air. So, yes. You know, with fall in the air and the in the change in weather, um, change in beer styles and in what we drink and change in what we eat. And when it comes to uh, the change in the fall for Elysia and for us, that means pumpkin beers. And uh, we've been brewing them for almost 20 years uh, with Night Owl, our first beer brewed in 1997. More importantly, this is our 12th annual Great Pumpkin Beer Festival coming up in October. October. What's the date? September, uh, Saturday, October 8th. Uh, and new new location Saturday, this October year. Saturday, October 8th. All right. Saturday, October 8th. Uh, we've moved it this year next to Elysian Fields. That's our restaurant brewery next to uh, Century Link Field. So it's in the north lot mm-hmm. of Century Link Field. We'll have over 60 different breweries available. So, you know, we try to encourage different breweries from around the world to brew pumpkin beers, and we try to be the first ones to ever pour them. So we've been doing this for a long time, and we'll have 20 different beers brewed by the Elysian team. Wow. And probably 60 or 70 brewed by uh, brewers from around the country. So it's, it's a great, great day. We encourage uh, people to come in costume. We have uh, we have a contest. We'll come and what tag. What kind of costume? Everything orange and everything pumpkin. So we'll let you go with uh, your right. imagination on that one. Okay, so anything orange and anything pumpkin is going to work. It's October 8th, the uh, the Great Pumpkin Festival. What's it called? Great Pumpkin Beer Festival. The Great Pumpkin Beer Festival. annual. So tickets are $28. 28 bucks. You can get them online. Go to ElysianBrewing.com, or you can go to any of our four local pubs, and you can buy tickets for this one-day-only event all day long, 3 to 10. 3 to 10. And uh, one ticket gets you samples and tastes? One ticket gets you a beautiful glass, and you get six samples. Uh, you can buy more as you need them. All right. I love it. Uh, it's got Dave Bueller, one of the co-founders of Elysian Brewing. And we come back from this break, we're going to dive into these lovely pumpkin and fall seasonal ales. So stick around, folks. Be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Big names, big news. Sean Hannity, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for segment three, round three. Hope you got something great in your glass. And uh, actually, I've got four glasses in front of me. So I've got uh, Dave Bueller, founder of Elysium Brewing. Um, he brought four of his seasonal ales. So, Dave, uh, pumpkin ale. Are you guys the first one to actually brew with pumpkin? I, I would like to say we are, but we weren't. There's been a few in front of us. So, without without plugging them, we were early to the game. <laughs> and and our first beer was Night Owl. Uh, it was brewed in 1997. And it was our assistant brewer that came up with that recipe at first. And to go through quickly the, the timeline, um, it, we poured, we, we brewed four barrels. So, that's that's not a lot. That's eight, bar- eight kegs of beer. And... We tapped it at an event, and people loved it, went quickly. So the next year, we brewed a larger batch, took it to another event. I think it was Fremont Oktoberfest. People loved it. So 
Then it was our thousandth brew, and the gentleman that brewed Night Owl was there, and I said, hey, you need to brew something really special for, for Brew 1000 at Capitol Hill. And he said, great, I'm going to brew double Night Owl. And my first thought was like, really? Why? You know, we already have Night Owl. But, you know, it was his brew, so we brewed the Great Pumpkin. So it's a little different than Night Owl. It's stronger, but it's almost the same beer outside of the, it does not have ginger. So Night Owl is the classic pumpkin pie beer. It's got the, the spices, cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, allspice, cloves. It's got a nice amber color. It's got a nice sweetness. It really reminds you of, of mom's pumpkin pie, the American treat, but in the glass and beer. So that's pretty great. It is tasty. I smell it, and the aroma really is almost, uh, uh, it's beguiling. It, it's like, wow, this is most very dessert, and you think it's going to taste sweet because your nose tells you of, of the conditioning we've had with pumpkin pie. But on the palate, it's it's actually just a medium weight. It's got some nice acidity from some hops, but it's also dry. And I think it's, I'm always um, uh, cautious and hesitant to drink spiced beers because I think, you know, it's one person's palate, but you've definitely put these in uh, a, a delicious perspective and, and balance. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we're, we're known for balance at the brewery. We're known for all the styles we do and being very uh, cautious about having a heavy hand. So Night Owl is that amber pumpkin pie, but what's great when you move to the Great Pumpkin, it's a little bigger. Uh, the alcohol balances out the spices a little more in that it's leaner. It's not as sweet in the mouth. Uh, it's it's not cloying at all. Um, it's a uh, it's dangerously strong in that it's eight percent, it's eight point two, um, and you can really just uh, sip this with your with your dessert pretty easily. Uh, so that was our thousandth batch of beer at Capitol Hill a few years ago, and then what happened is we went to uh, do some beer for the Great American Beer Festival, and we went to brew another batch of Great Pumpkin the following year, and our head brewer DeCantwell, um, he was adding more liquid via the pumpkin puree than he had planned. And so when it was in fermentation, he realized the beer wasn't going to be big enough. It wasn't going to be great pumpkin. It was just going to be good pumpkin. It wasn't going to be strong <laughs> enough. And he was at the bar. As, as good ideas happened, we were having a beer at the bar. And he was, he was complaining about the fact that he's going to have to brew another pumpkin beer. And now we would have three. And by God, what would we do with three pumpkin beers? And now this is, this is the year 2000. This is 16 years ago. And or 15, 14 years ago, as this was happening. And we jokingly looked at each other and said, well, let's have a pumpkin beer festival. And one of us said to the other, yeah, and let's fill a, a pumpkin with beer, do a secondary fermentation in the pumpkin and tap it. And upon that silly idea became the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival because wow. it was so silly we had was... to do this. <laughs> and awesome. Steve, what do you think of this uh, Great Pumpkin Ale? I'm going. You're going? Yeah, I'll need a designated driver, though. That so, sounds like a lot of brewskis. Well, th thank you for the uh, the segue. So, for again, online, uh, designated drivers for the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival, $5. So, please, please come and have a great time, but have a great time safely. Yeah, That's bring mom down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Chris and I will go. Yeah, and not I'm, only that, but I'm the pumpkins have sure. gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So, we're 12 years in. The first year, we only had eight pumpkin beers. I think we had three of ours and five guests. Now, we're going to have... 90. Um, a lot more people, a lot more fun, uh, a lot more games and food? prizes, food, food trucks are there. We have okay. great food trucks every year. I won't plug them because they're, they're, you just come down. Yeah. It's a great time. 3 to 10 on October 8th, Saturday. Tickets are 28 bucks. available online at leesandbrewing.com and at your four locations. But a week before, oh. we have the Washington State Pumpkin Way Offs. 
at our airport way brewery. So on October 1st, we're going to be weighing off the largest pumpkins grown in Washington State. Wow. So of those winners, guess what we're going to do with one of those 1,700-pound pumpkins? Make beer in it. We were going to fill it with beer and <laughs> tap it at the event. You bet. So it's so big, you have to use a forklift to move it. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. We have a great... Uh, amount of camaraderie and um a, we have a, a band out there we've got a marching band and everyone's in costume smashing and, pumpkins band is that what's gonna uh, play there's a little <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll do some smashing Today pumpkins just for you christopher so right. moving on we've got a couple of the darker versions so pumpkin beers can they started kind of as the amber spiced beer that we know as a pumpkin beer, but over the last 10 years, they've morphed to be anything. Um, and we've bre- we've brewed over 100 different varieties of Before we go beer. there, I got I to gotta tell you, I think this great pumpkin ale is really, really delicately spiced, and I love the um, the weight, the gravity of it. I think it's, to me, this is, it's it's warming, and it's it reminds me more of a, like a Pumpkin, uh, I want to say pumpkin latte. Got it. That's not coffee, but there's a creaminess to this. Pat, mm. this texture. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get there with the pumpkin latte because that's the fourth beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the one thing that we do use in some of these beers, the first two, the night owl and the great pumpkin, is we use pumpkin seeds, both green and roasted. Ah. So that gives it, you know, the pepita thing. There's yeah. a little bit of extra flavor there that gives it a little um, more complexity. And also, when you think of nutty, it's also got fat, so you get a little bit of that that oil. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Which gives you the mouth feel. Well, that's my unscientific. Oh, that's uh, spot on. It's, uh, that's a nice balance. Nice job. Man. All right, so this next one is called uh, Dark, Dark or the Moon. Dark of the Moon. Yeah. yeah. So that's the the, the scary the scary uh, uh, werewolf on the cover of it. So on the label, um, I I love this how spookily smooth it is. It is. Uh, it's got just a spookily smooth. <laughs> it's got just a touch of cinnamon, but it's a pumpkin stout with a little bit of cinnamon, and. It's uh, it's super balanced. You can you can taste the pumpkin in there, and pumpkin is very very subtle. You know, if you when you have a uh, if you it have is. a can of pumpkin, go ahead and take a, a spoonful of it, and you'll realize that there's not a lot of flavor there. Reminds so, me of squash. It's it is a squash. Yeah, it's great. Ta da da. Okay. Uh, in the nose. Mm. Toffee. Yes. Roasted. Little uh, coffee in the nose. Just mm, almost a root beer malt. note too. Sarsaparilla or something—it's that spice. That's that cinnamon coming up and making a little it cinnamon in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the palate is creamy on the palate. Uh, the mouthfeel texture—it's um, got some weight to it as well. I mean, it feels like it's in the, the roastiness gives give you a nice little charred, um, just a, a I don't say burnt, but it's just the roasted flavor on the finish. Yeah, that's a great description. It's a uh, it's a very mouth filling beer, and I th- I know a lot of people tend to be afraid of the darker beers because they can be a little bit bitter. But um, this has got sweet maltiness to it too. Yeah, it does. It's very smooth. Uh, Steve, what do you think? I like it. Uh, all too often, a lot of pumpkin beers have no balance, and you forget you're drinking beer. And I know I'm drinking a beer. It's good. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Keep your mouth into the mic, pal. That way we can hear you. It's good. It's good. All right. <laughs> awesome. And the beer is great. So these are uh, served in 22-ounce bottles. So Night Owl is available in six-packs and 22s in, in most stores. And then the three other beers, the Great Pumpkin, Dark of the Moon, and Pumpkinchino, are all available uh, as part of our specialty series in 22-ounce I like it. Bottle. And so these labels are pretty easy. Obviously, Night Owl features an owl. The Great Pumpkin's got a pumpkin. The Dark of the Moon is a werewolf. And the Pumpkinchino... Has a, oh, has, a uh, has a little latte cup uh, with kind of a, a ghost pumpkin yeah. swirling. Jack-o'-lantern the, and the, inhaling, uh, inhaling the foam. Inhaling the fiore, yeah. I yeah. love it. 
Um, this is made with some Stumptown coffee. So uh, out of Portland, they do a great cold press. Um, and if you know their oh, coffees, coffee you know their, their coffee can be, I'm not going to say on the sour side, but they're, but that type of roast can seem a little towards bitter sour. And so you can get this. The malt sweetness works with that bitterness of the coffee. Mm. Uh, again, just a touch of cinnamon, not as much as Dark of the Moon, just enough to, to kind of offset the coffee flavors and the malt flavors of the beer and make it a little more complex and round. It reminds me of Muscovado sugar, actually, just some of that burnt sugar note. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. And the coffee is actually pr- very pronounced on the nose, um, but it is a moderate roast coffee. It's not too dark. I think it's mm-hmm. should... And you get the acid, too, which is uh, is part of the mouth experience. I mean, you get, you know, bitter, sour, sweet, um, umami. And, uh, yeah, I, I love the spirits. It's uh, it's only, it's I think, third year, uh, but the moment we did it the first year, people people clamored to have more of that. Um, well, I can see why. it, uh, And you can actually drink more of this. This is in the moderate alcohol ABV range at 6%. So we've got mm-hmm. the, the Night Owl, the Great Pumpkin, the Dark of the Moon, and the Puncacino. Um, fantastic beers. When we come back from this break, I want to talk about some food pairings and, and what you think uh, really works with some of these beers and, and what might be on the horizon. We're going to talk about uh, more of the, uh, the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival on October 8th. And... Um, the website is ElysiumBrewing.com. And Steve, your website for California Pizza Kitchen? CPK.com. CPK.com. Hey, That's folks, right. you got to check it out. you got to check out these beers. When we come back from this break, um, well, we're going to drink more, chat more up. and uh, So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. He's back, and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local weekdays, 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Happy Saturday night, and um, I'm having a good, great pumpkin time here on Happy Hour Radio. i got Dave Bueller, who is the co-founder of Legion Brewing. We've uh, checking out some fantastic... Uh, well, seasonal ales. We got the Great Pumpkin, the Night Owl, the Dark of the Moon, and the Puncacino, which uh, with Stumptown Coffee is really a delicious brew. It's 6%. Um, it's balanced. It has the definitely roasted coffee finish, um, but it has that little bit of nuanced spice in there. It's like It truly is like a cappuccino or a latte. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. You get the coffee in the nose, but then it leaves you balanced and clean, so you're ready for another sip. But the coffee really comes out of the nose. So there's caffeine in here. There is. All yeah. right. Yeah, a little bit of caffeine. Sweet. Hey. Yeah, drink that all night. No. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and speaking of drinking all night, we've got 3 to 10, the Great Pumpkin um, Beer Festival down at Elysian Fields in the north uh, parking lot of CenturyLink Field. 28 bucks gets you in with a souvenir glass, which you showed me. It's Is that the glass that everyone gets? No, that's the glass for you. That's oh, a that's little bigger. One year we had the big glass. That was kind of a mistake. I see. So okay. it's a, a six-ounce souvenir glass um, you know, with a, with a nice logo on it, and you get six drink tickets. Then you can buy more as you need. All right. Uh, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of amazing beers from Pumpkin Sours to pumpkin wheat wines to pumpkin wow, wheat beers amazing. to pumpkin pumpkin IPAs to smoked rauk pumpkin beers a uh, little bee yeah, pumpkin the smoked rauk, rauk. The rauk beers. You, you think of a beer style made with pumpkin 
somebody's probably tried to make it. We're going to try to have that on tap. Cool. Well, if you're into beer, you have to head down to this because with so many breweries, and um, this is really the last chance to get in that much beer. I think the Washington and Brew Festival is uh, in May, I think, in uh, Marymore Park or some it's next year. So this is your chance. If you want to learn about beer, really ask questions about these beers. Don't just, well, you can do whatever you want. But Absolutely. And you'll I, see our brewers out there dressed in, in you know camo orange and stuff, and they love to talk about their beers. The other thing is, if you're an extrovert, is that you could actually go for free by entering our King and Queen video contest. So get online at ElysianBrewing.com and check it out. So little video of you and a friend on Instagram, and there's goodies. There's uh, How long the, should the video be? Uh, sh- uh, short and sweet. Short Always sweet. the best. Short Two and minutes. sweet. There's, yeah, all the information's online, but you and a friend could show up and, and be treated like the royalty that you are. And you turn into, uh, you get like Cinderella, right? You got that great you pumpkin get, carriage. You get the carriage. The you mice. Ho- you get a hotel room. You uh, Oh. Yeah, you get to rock and roll. It's, okay. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. There's lots of great pictures of years past. So, uh, again, just check it out on LesionBrewing.com. And I think October 8th is a bye week. For the Seahawks. Yeah, that would I be think good it timing. actually is. Yeah. So there's probably no why we got the game. North Lot. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's probably it. Um, and Steve, what's happening? You got the seasonal menu rolling out over at cpk.com. Yeah, we got our seasonal menu rollout happening. Uh, we're full swing in our next chapter evolution of our fabulous brand. Is there a happy hour there? Uh, not yet. Not it's, yet. It's, it's something that we're working on. Excellent. Uh, we uh, can't act unilaterally, Christopher. We have to oh. get approval from the man. Oh, well. And we have to uh, wait to hear back on that, but that's a work in progress. But. And I thought about, you know, like I mentioned, like that, that, that location on a Friday night with a DJ and some cocktails and some Do you know beers. any DJs around here, Christopher? Ooh, you know I anybody d- that could spin? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Might have to hook me up, brother. I will. I will hook you up. But uh, I want you to come back for our fresh and original imaginative cuisine. I'm going to. I got to bring in uh, my sweetheart and uh, to let her know because we dined twice. Obviously, the first time um, was just our own adventure. The second time, we got the VIP treatment, meaning we knew what to order with you. So. How'd she like that? Uh, she liked it, but we talked about um, just the ambiance and yeah. how y- y- actually the CPK is was doing a huge remodel across the country. You guys are updating all your restaurants, and that's really exciting. Cause, oh, they're beautiful. Because Bellevue needs that. You got to be up with uh, you know the those Lincoln Towers and all that stuff. Oh, you know it. Yeah. You know it. We're 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 right with the program, man. Good stuff. And, and uh, thank you very much for having me. And on behalf My of pleasure. California Pizza Kitchen, thanks, Chris. That's absolutely good stuff. And uh, Dave, your beers are. Are available everywhere, right? I mean, we got Whole Foods, we got Metro, yeah. we got we're, Safeway. We're in, we're in most most stores and in a lot of places on draft. All right, Absolutely. and um, again, the twenty-two ounce is is good for uh, really what two and a half classes. Yeah, it's a great it's a great bottle. One and a half share, pints. Share, share with a friend. It's always <laughs> perfect size. That's nice stuff. Um, what are some of the breweries that are coming? Do you know any? I mean, is it is it some local breweries as well? Is it oh, mostly yeah, local? Absolutely. Portland? I mean, so what's what's fun is over the years we've talked some breweries into brewing their first pumpkin beer, and we've put it on tap. So I believe Georgetown, the folks that make Manny's, they brewed their first pumpkin beer for us. I think the best story is, a, is a brewery called Jolly Pumpkin out of Michigan. You would think they would make a pumpkin beer. That would be no, maritime. They Jolly Roger. Their, they made their first. Yeah, Jolly Pumpkin made their first pumpkin beer for us. It's called La Parcella. And it's and it's fabulous. It's a pumpkin sour that's been aged for a year. Um, and you, Silver City, will be there. Lots of locals, uh, lots of breweries from Oregon as well. I love it. Uh, so, gentlemen, thanks so much for sharing your wares, your stories, and joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Hey, when it comes to beer, um, we talk about the main ingredient for beer is really uh, water, hops, barley, and yeast, right? And when it comes to hops, the Hood River Hops Festival is down in Oregon. It's on Sunday, uh, Saturday, September twenty fourth. Um, it's twelve to eight. Uh, tickets are ten bucks. You get 
get to try all sorts of stuff. Uh, check it out at hoodriverhopsfest.com. Um, really cool. I love these beers. I was skeptical about pumpkin, but now I'm a believer. Thanks so much for sharing it. And, folks, uh, hey, coming up in November, we've got the Holiday Wine Cider and Spirits Festival. It's uh, November 12th and 13th at the Seattle Center Exhibition Hall. Tickets available at uh, HolidayWineFest.com. Thanks, folks. Look around. Uh, Don't forget, life's always better with a designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.